Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Travel Notes, a show where we traverse the world and learn about its culture, people, and sometimes history through music. In today's episode, I sit down with local musician and oud player Peter Kafori, and we explore a Middle Eastern instrument called the oud. We talk about the oud's history, listen and discuss some of Peter's original compositions on the oud, and even learn about an intriguing historical renaissance man who was responsible for a wide variety of things from toothpaste to introducing the oud to Europe. It's my pleasure to be here today with Peter Kafori, otherwise known as the oud dude around town. He is a local oud player and musician. Also, you play some percussion, mm-hmm. too, right? I do. Um, super cool, multi, multi-instrumentalist. And um, yeah, we're, gonna, we're just here to talk about oud music because mm-hmm. it's a cool instrument. Where does it come from? Good question. <laughs> so the, uh, the origin of the oud is actually a little bit obscure. Um, the likely lineage... Uh, and the word oud, which rhymes with food, it's spelled <laughs> and dude. in English and dude. Uh, in English, we spell it O-U-D, but it comes from the, the two Arabic words al-oud, which means the wood. Mm. Okay, so uh, it literally means wood. Um, the first uh, record of the oud was in um, Iraq, what is current day Iraq. Uh, at the time, uh, Mesopotamia, I suppose, in, in uh, 300 to 600 AD or CE, as the more current designation is, um, the oud was was uh, originally had uh, eight strings, two pairs, uh, four pairs of strings. Now the current day oud has eleven. Um, but the lineage and how it, how it developed is a little bit obscure, but most authorities agree that it, the Oud was the direct ancestor of the lute, and the lute is the direct ancestor of the guitar. So the way that happened is uh, that when the, uh, the Oud was played uh, throughout the whole Middle East, it's still the principal instrument through all of the Middle East and North Africa. And when the Moors invaded Spain, the Moors being from Morocco, Mm -hmm. and they came into Spain, they brought Mm -hmm. the Oud with them. The Oud became the lute. The lute eventually became something called the Vuela, which eventually morphed into the guitar. Interesting. Yeah. So it's like the great, great, great grandpa that makes me feel old. So we're going to go with grandfather of the guitar. The grandfather. <laughs> Couple times removed. No, that's really interesting. I mean, I would think that just by looking at it, it looks, it resembles the guitar in a way, just more of exotic version, mm-hmm. you know. The instrument itself, you know, as we, we talked about a little earlier, it is a single line instrument. So when you're playing... It, the what you're playing is more akin to what a violinist would play or a sax player would play, as opposed to a guitar or a piano, which is a more corded instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also more rhythmic than most guitar styles, although there are some guitar styles that are similar, most notably flamenco, 
and flamenco guitar is very percussive you know you have that real percussive thing yeah. and a lot of that uh, comes from Morocco it comes from that Spanish Morocco kind of tradition that Arab it, influence yes kinda? exactly definitely Arabic influence in flamenco music yeah um, you know there's as we said there's no frets on the instrument there's different styles of the of the Arabic instruments uh, the the Arabic style as I said is larger there can be uh, even on the Iraqi Uds for example they have sometimes just one sound hole whereas most of them have three and in doing a little bit of study for this, this uh -huh. <laughs> uh, show today, I actually learned something I didn't know, Ooh, which is kind of cool. And if you notice, I'm, uh, I know you can't see this on the radio, but I'm showing Grace a picture. A the Oud has three sound holes. I did not know that they have names. The center sound hole is Shamsia, which means the sun. Cool. And the ones on the side are... Kamara, which means moon. It does have a celestial look to it. Yeah. And I, when you held it up, I was like, wow, it reminds me of stars, like a constellation almost. Yeah. But yeah, totally. Yeah. So, the, and there are some ouds made that have just the sun, not the moon, uh, sound holes. Yeah, but most of them today have the have the three sound holes. They can be made from a, a, a variety of woods, like my uh, main instrument that I, I play is made from uh, walnut and ash, black walnut and ash. Mm -hmm. But uh, I just had one made recently that was made from cherry and, uh, and walnut. So they mm -hmm. can be all different kinds of woods. Um, Real quick on the sound hole, because yeah. I'm actually curious about it. Do they make it with three verse one for like sound, per like with sound purposes in mind, or is it more of a symbolic thing? That's a very good question, and the only ones I have seen with just the one sound hole are the bigger Arabic-style ouds, mm. uh, Arabic or Iraqi-style. Um, you can always tell if it's Iraqi because that, that one sound hole mm -hmm. is not even round, it's oval. Uh, so if you see a one large oval sound hole, that's an Iraqi it's oud. It's an Iraqi oud. Yeah, and they don't put a rosette in either it's just empty like oh, a guitar would oh, be yes i have seen those before yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah the decorative rosette uh is in most oods but not all so pretty it really is yeah. a gorgeous instrument if you can definitely google a picture of the oud what does an oud look like because it is it's a gorgeous looking thing um well let's let's listen to some music let's listen to some oud um, this first song is one of Peter's um, original songs called Spring Dance, and it's really, is it in a particular like tradition or style? Yeah, Spring Dance is a, it's on the first album, which is called At the Heart of Two Worlds, and um, Spring Dance is an original tune, but it's written very much in the Arabic style, and, mm. and this would be the kind of tune that could be used for a line dance or, or to accompany a, a belly dancer, for example. Uh, it's got that beat to it and, and it's in that style. Cool. Yeah. Well, let's check it out. Spring Dance by Peter Kafori. <laughs>
do you have a routine with it or <laughs> I know everyone's different and yeah. some people don't yeah well I do I do have a kind of I suppose a process cool. of sorts um, so my style of playing, first of all, is, is really a true fusion, you know, because my family is Lebanese, Syrian, but I grew up here. You know, I was born in this country. I grew up here. So my music is, is a true melting pot of uh, Middle Eastern uh, jazz, blues, funk, uh, and me, <laughs> whatever that is. Um, so, you know, I play on the oud. Everything from traditional Middle Eastern tunes to Miles Davis to Nat King Cole to Joni Mitchell to original stuff, you know, so all different kinds of things. As far as a, a composing process, um, most of the time I will pick a makam or a scale, all right, and sometimes I'll write in. Uh, in a traditional Western scale, like an E minor, an A minor, A major, D major, whatever. Uh, but sometimes I will write in a makam, which is different than a Western scale. Uh, but I'll take that makam and, and funk it up, so to speak. Yeah. So I'll take a Middle Eastern scale, but apply uh, changes to it that are more in line with jazz or funk or, or mm -hmm. something more contemporary. But there's another thing that happens, and, and this is something that is more abstract or ethereal, and uh, I suppose it's the muse, I suppose it's inspiration, I suppose it's divine intervention, I don't know exactly what it is, but sometimes I call them earworms, you know how <laughs> sometimes you get a song stuck in your head. Mm -hmm and you can't get it out sometimes that's what happens when I'm composing I'll get a melody just it will come to me and it'll stay in my head until I put it down so where do you want to go next this next song is super cool it's definitely a fusion I got fusion vibes from it okay. um, it's called Farid Sanchez yes I'm saying yeah, that right. absolutely um, really cool uh, I heard like funk Mm -hmm. Even like a little hip hop, mm -hmm. like the beat, but you know, that mm -hmm. was cool. Um, so yeah, we'll take a listen to that real quick and then, and then talk about it.
album I put out in, in June of 2020. It's called Breaking All the Rules, and it's a appropriate title because mm -hmm. it's all over the map. You know, and as you mentioned, this tune is very uh, funky, very upbeat, very mm -hmm. jazzy. Uh, and so I started playing in what was a traditional uh, Middle Eastern macam, and all of a sudden it started morphing into something that was more you know definitely funky jazzy and so forth and then uh, there were parts of it as I kind of started to write the tune and and the earworms that we talked about <laughs> earlier kind of got in there and wouldn't leave me alone uh, it started to take on a, a, a portion of it that was uh, almost like uh, uh, Puerto Rican music, very, very cool. uh, kind of Spanish Latin, sounding too, yeah. Latin sounding. So the oud's been around for a long time. Who are some, or you have a favorite kind of historic, like a traditional, you know, his, tr historical player, someone who played way back when? Well, one of the uh, the people that is credited with bringing the oud into prominence was a very interesting character in history who lived around 800 AD or CE. And uh, his name was Zuryab. It's spelled Z-I-R-Y-A-B in English. But Zuryab translates in Arabic as Blackbird. Whoa. And, uh, you know, I know the Beatles song, Blackbird. Yeah, that's what is, I always it's, think it's of. About, yeah, it's, a, it's about something else. I understand the meaning of it. But sometimes I, I wonder if, if they didn't know about him, too. He was a freed slave. He was uh, a slave in Egypt. He was freed. And he was absolute genius because this guy not only was a musician who brought the Oud into prominence, he was kind of the Renaissance man of his day. He also is credited with cultivating asparagus. What? Yep. He is the inventor of toothpaste. Really? Yep. He uh, started, he was the first one to set up a culinary tradition of starting a meal with soup and ending it with dessert. I love this guy. Yeah. And he actually, even to the point where he um, is credited with inventing hairstyles that have bangs in the front. No way. Yeah. So he so was he, like... All, all over, over the, the map. All yeah, over he was, the place. All I love over it. the place. Yeah. A true Renaissance man. Wow. Yeah. And of course, you know, living as long ago as he did, there's not a whole lot that survives about him, but he is kind of revered as someone who uh, uh, was instrumental, so to speak, in, <laughs> no in, in bringing the hood along. Um, Thus concludes a majority of my interview with Peter. But if you want to hear more and listen to Peter and the Ood, you can check out his music on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, and CD Baby. He also has a number of live performances coming up this month in June, from Piccolo Spoleto to the Art of Jazz series at the Gibbs Museum. To find out more, check out his website at theoodude.com or his Facebook and Instagram pages. Well, Piccolo uh, is is going to be a version of the World Music Cafe. As you know, for COVID, there was all different kinds of modifications to... Last year, Piccolo Spoleto was canceled completely. This year, they're doing it, but they're doing it in a, a, a different way. So on June 12th, we do have a show coming up at Colonial Lake. 
the exact time is not for certain, but it will be sometime in the afternoon. Uh, there'll be an outdoor stage at Colonial Lake and you can come by and enjoy some world music. And then on June 23rd, I'm very honored to be chosen by Charleston Jazz to perform a concert called The Art of Jazz. And The Art of Jazz, uh, uh, what they ask you to do, they ask the composer to uh, match up their tunes with the artwork that is on display at the Gibbs at the time and then uh, either write songs that reflect that artwork or match existing songs to that artwork. And then when the performance is happening, the artwork is projected behind the artist. It's really so cool. it's a beautiful, beautiful space. That one will be uh, indoors in the, under the dome at the Gibbs. If you've ever been in that room, it's a beautiful stained it's glass incredible. dome. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I, I can't recommend that series enough. It is yeah. so cool to see the have the combination of like visual art and sound and music together you know and you're like looking at, at something that you're hearing too and you're also hearing it through someone like a composition that someone's written yeah and you, and you know as, a, as an artist or a composer you often don't get a chance to explain uh, I just wrote uh, and sent to uh, Brett Swaney at, at Charleston Jazz yesterday uh, descriptions of the tunes and how they reflect the artwork which is not something that we often get to do mm -hmm. when when uh, most people if they if they are uh, looking uh, or listening to an instrumental tune and they see the title of that tune they think it might be just something kind of random mm -hmm. but to the person who wrote it the titles are meaningful uh, but we often don't get a chance to explain them so yeah. In this case, uh, I've written program notes for that show, which explain uh, where the titles came from, what they mean, cool. who they're about, you know? I uh, love that. Yeah. Well, it has been such a pleasure to have you over and to play with you, of course, too. But to have you over, to chat about oud music, his the history of it, the your own music, original music and composition, um, an approach to composition and all that. So thanks so much for sharing everything. Well, thank today. you for having me. I yeah. really enjoyed it. And so. and you are a wonderful player as well. Oh. I look forward to doing more in the future. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Me too. To close, I wanted to share a song by Nubian Oud player Hamza Eldin that Peter described earlier in the episode as the muddy waters of the Oud. And thanks again for joining me on this episode of Travel Notes. Where will we go next? Who knows? But one thing is for sure, don't get too comfy, because our next trip is just around the corner. This song is based on some traditional farmer songs. And there are two different melodies and two different rhythms attached to each other to give you a whole picture of a new Nubian song. <laughs> Police, 
Thank you. 